0: Hello baseball fans and welcome to Sully Baseball. This is the podcast. Where we talk about baseball 52 weeks out of the year. There is no offseason and I'm your host Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this on the 13th day of March 2018 from the parking lot of Angel Stadium in Anaheim home of Of the Los Angeles Angels, I think still of Anaheim. I I can't, I I swear to God, I'm not trying to be a jackass about the name of the team. I swear to you. I don't know officially if they still have of Anaheim in their name. But here I am. Uh, Your pal Sully's doing some work actually in the city of Anaheim for the next few days. And where I am based is right nearby the stadium. So I had a little bit of time, swung by the stadium, and here I am. They're putting the banners up. They have the Shohei Otani stuff they're starting to put up there. They have a in the front of the stadium, they have a banner of Mike Trout, and they have a banner of Vladimir Guerrero side by side. And obviously this is a big thing because Vladi Guerrero, who was a member of several Angels division winners in 2004, four, two thousand Five, two thousand seven, two thousand eight, and two thousand nine. He was on all those playoff teams, and has been newly elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. And rightfully so. I'm a big Vlad Guerrero fan. Uh, one of the last great Expo, and obviously had a wonderful time playing in for the Angels as well. And he wore number twenty-seven as a member of the Angels. And right next to it is Mike Trout, who also wore number 27 as a member of the Angels. And still wears number 27 as a member of the Angels. And they have uh, the Cooperstown, the the Baseball Hall of Fame insignia, on the lower right-hand corner of the poster for Vlad Guerrero. And it's only a matter of time before they'll have the same thing for Mike Trout. I, I'm i going to make a a proposal, you know, I mean... I think it would be a shame I think it's a shame if you have a Hall of Fame player Who does not have their number retired uh, I would Retire the number For I mean, They have retired the numbers for uh, Rod Carew And for Nolan Ryan Here in Anaheim uh, Both of their numbers are retired elsewhere uh, Rod Carew's number is also retired With the Minnesota Twins And Nolan Ryan's number is retired with both the Rangers and with the Houston Astros. Uh, I I would propose to have number 27 retired in honor of Vladdy Guerrero and eventually also retired for Mike Trout. You can retire the number for two players. The Yankees have. The Yankees have number eight is retired for both Bill Dickey and for Yogi Berra. So, you know, why couldn't you do it for both Trout and for, for Vladdy? It makes perfect sense to me. Personally, I think the Oakland A's have they have retired number thirty-four in honor of Raleigh Fingers, but that wasn't retired in time before Dave Stewart wore number thirty-four when he was the ace and the heart and soul of arguably the best A's team of all time, in at least in Oakland. I don't know they didn't win as many championships as the mustache gang, but they were a tremendous team. And the leader of that team was Dave Stewart, and he's an Oakland native and and was meant so much to the team and to the community. And so to have 34 retired for both Fingers and Stewart, I think, would work out fine. And 27 retired for both Trout and Vlade Guerrero. That's no dishonor to either one of them. But when it's all said and done, Mike Trout will be the greatest angel of all time. I think statistically he almost is. And if he sticks around and continues to play his prime here in Anaheim, he will, he will win. He will, be the, he will have that title. Now, will he have a title? Will he have a championship? That's the thing. I'm a broken record about this, but my God, the Angels have been handed this great player and they still haven't won a title. Now, in the weeks heading up to the first game of the season, I, you know, I'm going to be making my official prediction. I'm going to be doing it via video blog. And I've been... There have been some things that I've written kind of in stone so far. Like, I'm pretty sure... Like I mean, like, barring absolute catastrophic injuries, the Washington Nationals are going to win the NL East. Barring just an utter collapse, the Houston Astros are going to make it back to the postseason. And it's funny that... A lot of things I've been hearing have been people saying they look at the Astros and and you know, some of the players are saying, you know, we're not going to be the Cubs. There's not going to be a hangover. And there's been a a sense of, yeah, you know, this is a different team. This team's going to, you know, isn't resting on its laurels for winning the championship last year. And I asked the question, what, as a team— Won the World Series and the next year said, Oh man, whoo! I'm still hungover. I am, I'm actually still drunk. I don't think I, you know what, we won it last year. That should be good enough. Uh, we're kind of gonna phone this in, continue doing the victory lap, and uh, whoo! Man, I am, uh, I'm beat. I am absolutely beat, and uh, I'm probably gonna phone this team's probably gonna phone it in till June. And uh, and then uh, maybe we'll make a little push, but uh, man, we are, we're not going to do it again. That was too much. Nobody says that. Nobody says that. Everyone thinks they're the team that's going to go back to back. You know, I mean, like, I mean, except when it's like a total, fl- like when the Red Sox won the World Series in 2013, I don't think anyone was saying, oh man, they're about to do it again. Okay, Fine. And, and maybe you can point to when the Cardinals won their fluke World Series in 2011. You can say, all right, they're probably not going to do it. But that Cardinals team got to Game 7 of the World Series. we were up three to games to one in the NLCS. And as bad as the Cubs' hangover was last year, and the Brewers led the division for much of the year, the Cubs got to Game 5 of the National League Championship Series. It's not like that they had a 100-loss season. One of the games was a walk-off. If Joe Madden doesn't bungle the bullpen in Game Two against Los Angeles, it's one-one heading back to Wrigley. It's not doesn't take a tremendous amount of imagination to see the NLCS going to six games last year, and that's the hangover. You know, I mean, like I remember there have been some years, specific years, where a team has won the World Series, where the next year I thought, God damn, they may do it again. I thought when the Red Sox won the World Series in 2007, I thought they were going to get back the next year. And they got to Game 7 of the ALCS. Chicago White Sox, when they won the World Series in 2005, I thought they looked better the next year. And they wound up winning 90-some-odd games, but because both Minnesota and Detroit had terrific years, the White Sox were on the outside looking in. You know, no one ever says, oh, I, we're not going to, you know, I mean, I mean, geez, I mean, we'll play the games, but we're mainly doing them to sell t-shirts. Everyone thinks they're going to repeat. I remember when they did, uh, I think it was Showtime, followed the San Francisco Giants the year after they won the World Series in 2010, and they were following them around the 2011 season, and there was a shot of Brian Wilson saying, you know, write it down, we're going to repeat. Because that's what you think. As it turned out, the Giants wound up winning three world championships in a five-year stretch, just never back-to-back. Everyone thinks they're going to come in the next year. I thought Kansas City, the year after they won the World Series, went to back-to-back, back-to-back World Series. Sorry. I thought, man, they have a chance of doing it again because I didn't see, in 2016, I didn't see that the Indians were going to be as good as they were. And I thought, do you what the Royals have as much talent as anybody? Why not them? Hell, you saw the Phillies won the World Series in 2008. They won it, the pennant in 2009, got the Game 6 of the World Series. So, you know, I, I do think Houston has an exceptional team. Exceptional. And I am leaning towards them to repeating as American League champions. But that's not, you know... Because I think, guys, they're going to show they're not the Cubs. No, because I think they're going to have certain players for the whole season, like Verlander, you know, like, you know, the the trade they made, you know, the moves they made with Pittsburgh and the moves that they made in there to solidify their, you know, their pitching staff. I think they are a team that you can look at and go, oh, man, they are going to win the West. They're going to win the West. Now, one of the other teams... And I, and I do think they're significantly better than the Angels. I Otani Ohtani. Uh, I'm I'm not looking at his spring training stats, or I don't think anyone should really be interested in spring training stats because they're spring training stats. They're practice. The main thing you want to see are, are are people hitting their spots, are people getting good swings in and everything like that. Are people who were hurt last year are they healthy, fine? I, I really don't pay much attention to spring training stats. Uh, I I've been saying that I think the Cleveland Indians are a surefire team to win the AL Central, and I thought the Red Sox and Yankees are both probably going to get p- playoff spots. And I said, you know what? I'm leaning towards the Angels a little stadium I'm looking at right now and Minnesota for being the wild card teams, but you know it's only going to take 85 some odd wins to win one of the spots in the wild card. So, with that in mind. You could have a surprise team. There can be a team. A team winning 85 games is not outlandish and could be enough to punch a playoff spot. Okay. But the events of the last couple of days have thrown a proverbial monkey wrench into these predictions. And it's funny. I have been banging the drum for Lance Lynn for the majority of this offseason. Not because I think he's the second coming of Christy Mathewson. Not because I think he's going to be on anyone's shortlist for the Cy Young Award. But because I think he's reliable. And a lot of times when you take a look at teams that are putting together playoff runs, if you could put a pitcher there and say, look it, he's going to be reliable. He's not going to be an all-star, although he has been an all-star. He's not going to be an ace. He's just someone you can count on every five days to not wet the bed. And I thought Lance Lynn is available, and there are a bunch of teams out there that could use that, including my beloved Red Sox, and including these Angels that I'm looking at right now. Why the Angels weren't like, hey, we can get a guy who every five games he's going to throw us a decent start. We could use that. Well, a team that could use that was the Minnesota Twins. And especially when Irvin Santana, former Angel, went down for injury, and he's probably going to come back, but not right away. And you take a look at their starting staff. This was a team, you know, you have the Kyle Gibsons of the world, who won a bunch of games, but they really didn't have a very good year last year. You had Jose Barrios last year, who had a good, certainly good second half of the season. And you had a couple other, you know, you know, you, you take your chances with uh, the the Phil Hugheses of the world and, and Michael Pineda somehow showed up. This was a team that won, how many games last year? 85, which was enough to get them into the wildcard game where they lost that slugfest to the Yankees, but they still had it. And they went into this offseason saying, we need to make some adjustments. Now, of course, the Yankees had the sexiest move of the offseason, which is the bringing in of the National League MVP, Giancarlo Stanton, to the fold. I'll say this, Stanton, obviously a great player. Obviously, if he's healthy, he's going to be terrific in Yankee Stadium. Was there a soul who went into this offseason thinking, man, do you want the Yankees' lack? A lot of power, certainly right-handed power. They don't have enough of that. I mean, yeah, Stanton's going to help the team, but they still have the big question marks in the pitching staff. And the angels here made the most uh, headline, you know, the, the 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 move that catches our imagination with the Otani signing, because oh my God, is he a pitcher and a hitter? Both? Are you allowed to do both? Oh my God, can can you imagine what this happen? This sort of this sense of mystery, as what happens with any player from Japan. I swear I'm not trying to be racially insensitive, but when it's, it's somewhat mysterious, when it's a player you haven't seen who has played at a high level overseas, and we've seen players come here with, you know, and certainly make a big splash when they arrive. We saw, certainly saw that with Nomo and players like Deki Matsui, obviously Ichiro, there have been other players along the way. And can this player be a good pitcher and a good hitter? And a good pitcher and a good hitter in Anaheim could be a lot. So that's a tremendous move in terms of headlines and grabbing our imagination. But you are hard pressed to find a team that went into the off season and said, we have to deal with some issues. And they signed some veteran relievers, Whatever you think of Zach Duke, whatever you think of Fernando Rodney, it, it, those players, if they pitch well, there are a couple of new veterans in their bullpen to go along with some of the other arms that are already there. They lo- they're going to lose Irving Santana for about the first half of the season or whatever, then you look up and they pick up Jake Odorizzi, and now they signed Lance Lynn. And they picked up Logan Morrison. So they've done all that. They've addressed their needs, and they've done so for, I, I haven't done the math right now, but I believe less than the Padres signed Eric Cosmer for. And Eric Hosmer is not the answer to the Padres' problems. The Padres are not winning piddly-poo this year. And I like Eric Cosmer. I do. I think he's a good player. I think he'd be a great fit on a contending team. He's on the Padres. And for less money than the Padres spent on getting a player that they don't need, the Twins have shored up their squad. Do they have a superstar rotation? No, but they have a good one. Barrios, Odorizzi, Lynn, and eventually Santana. Do they have a great bullpen? No, but they have a good one. Do they have a great lineup? No, but they have a not bad one, especially if Byron Buxton continues to play well. And they are building upon a team that, yes, they, won a, they lost 103 games in 2016, but in two of the last three years, they've had a winning season. 83 wins in 2015, 85 wins last year. They regressed in 2016. But they're now building upon a team that qualified for the postseason last year. And for the first time since, I don't know, since last the end of last year, I'm looking at the AL Central and say, wait a minute, I am not automatically picking the Cleveland Indians. Yes, the Indians right now, certainly on paper, have the stronger team. Signing Yonder Alonso to replace Carlos Santana was a smart move. They still have Lindor, they still have Jose Ramirez, they still have Uh, Edwin Encarnacion they still have the Cy Young Award winner they still have a lot of depth in their pitching staff yes, right now the Cleveland Indians look like the team to beat in the AL Central but it is no longer the prohibitive favorite that they were just a few weeks ago no longer can I look at the Indians and say, do you know what just set up your playoff rotation you're in, no one's beating you the idea of the Indians regressing at all from the hundred-some-odd win team that they were last year, and the Twins building upon an 85-win season, means mathematically, I'm talking about both teams being in the 90-win territory, within 10 games of each other. And for the first time this whole offseason, I'm looking at the Twins going, wait a minute. Wait a damn minute. They address their needs. No, they didn't sign you, Darvish. No, they didn't sign Jake Arietta. But they also didn't commit the huge long term deals for them either. They're going for it this year. And if you said, Would you rather sign Darvish or acquire Odorizzi and Lynn? I said, Geez, maybe Odorizzi and Lynn. Not that Odorizzi and Lynn are going to win the Cy Young Award, but that's 40% of your rotation. They're like, oh, we got, a, we got a solid major leaguer there. Barrios, okay, now you got another major leaguer. Santana comes back. Wait a minute. That's a reliable rotation when healthy. Now, obviously, you know, and Logan Morrison inserting him into the team. Is he Giancarlo Stanton? No. But he's a good, solid power hitter that can infuse some a little bit of bops into the Twins lineup. And now you look at Minnesota and you go like, "Holy crap. Could they win the AL Central? It's not out of the realm of possibility. It's no longer outlandish. When you have answers for each position, then you could say, "All right, there may not be holes on this team. It may not be spectacular, but do I think they're five wins better than they were last year? Probably. Probably. Five wins better than last year is a 90-win team. As a Red Sox fan, we're on notice too. Because if you look at and say, hey, the Twins are a potential 90-win team. And I think the Red Sox are. I think the Indians are. I think the Yankees are. All of a sudden... Your spot in the postseason, hey, just win 90 games and you're in. All of a sudden, that's not as guaranteed. The Twins have captured zero major headlines this offseason because some of the sexier moves came from other squads. But they had the smartest offseason, and I don't think it's close. And if I'm an Indian fan and I'm thinking, well, you know what? We got it. Look out. There have been years where the team that looks like we've got it falls on their face. Remember when the Nationals picked up Max Scherzer and famously Bryce Harper said, dude, where's my ring? They didn't make the postseason that year. Remember when the Red Sox made all those moves, bringing in Carl Crawford, bringing in Adrian Gonzalez, and people saying this is going to be the greatest Red Sox team of all time? They didn't make the postseason that year. There have been plenty of instances. Look at across where I'm looking at right now. When the Angels signed Pujols and the Angels signed Josh Hamilton and all that. You can make the big, splashy moves and not get in. You can have people writing your name in ink for the postseason and you not get in. The American League is open for surprise teams with, with surprise talented teams who had terrible years last year. I don't know, like the Twins were last year. So put it on notice. Minnesota had the smartest offseason. Address your needs. They address their needs about as well as any team in baseball. Yes, the Red Sox desperately needed another slugger, and they got a fine one in J.D. Martinez. They still have question marks in their rotation. They're banking on players having comeback seasons. Yes, the Yankees acquired the biggest star of the off season, but you're still banking that CC Sabathia and Masahiro Tanaka are going to avoid injuries, and that and that uh, what's his face Severino is a legit Cy Young contender. I haven't made my picks yet, and I'm still leaning towards Cleveland because of their talent because of what they've gone through and because they know they've got a window of opportunity that's closing rapidly. They were one swing away from winning the World Series in 2016. I thought for sure they were going to get back to the World Series last year, and it didn't turn out that way. So the script seems to be written for the Indians to get back, and this is their window of opportunity. But the Minnesota Twins said, hey, there's no script. This is improv. And we're finding our way into it. Signing Lance Lynn to a one-year deal, in many ways, was one of the most significant moves of the offseason, because it solidified a good team and made them better. And the thing that pisses me off as a Boston fan is my team desperately needs a that you can rely on after Chris Sale and say, all right, we may get a good season out of Price. We may get a good season out of Porcello. We may get a good season out of Pomerantz. We don't know, but we know we'll get a decent season out of Lance Lynn. And all it cost was like one year and X amount of million dollars. Milwaukee, the same thing. Anaheim, Los Angeles, whatever this team is called, the same thing. You had a chance to fill that hole for one year And not all that much money. And you let the Twins do it. Good for the Twins. Good for the Twins. Good for Brian Dozier. Good for Joe Maurer. Good for Paul Molitor. Good for all those stable players who are on the squad. Now look up and see what they got. If you know, Byron Buxton played like a legit all-star by the end of the year, if that turns out to be who he really is and the rest of this team builds upon last year, then maybe you shouldn't write Cleveland and ink at the top of the AL Central. Maybe you shouldn't be thinking like, hey, the Twins, isn't it nice you showed up and you're a wildcard team and that was nice. They have other things to think about. And this may be enough to really put them in the conversation for the American League Central. With that in mind, I'm going to go to where I need to go and leave this parking lot home of the team that may be on the outside looking in in the postseason because they let a reliable starting pitcher like Lance Lynn get away. So go to sullybaseball.com, like me on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. This has been Sully Baseball for the 13th day of March 2018. From the parking lot of Angel Stadium, I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sullivan.